0: to sundoku book club where we finally get to the books that are sitting on our shelf for forever i'm leaf and i'm emily and you just heard for our intro fighting pose by velt punch sundoku is a word from japanese that means acquiring reading materials and letting them pile up around the house and never actually reading them and that is the entire premise of this show i own a lot of books i believe emily does as well too many and we decided we actually needed to start reading them and (laughs) since i can never do things for their own purpose the best way to do that obviously is to make a podcast around it where we can talk about it like i said that's the main reason i want to do it emily is there any reason you agreed to join this
1: I mean, I also just have, like, a ridiculous amount of books that, like, when we first decided to start this podcast, I just went around and, like, wrote down all of the books that I've never gotten around to, and we could do this podcast for a very long time. (laughs) And on top of that, (laughs) uh, grad school made it. So that it's impossible for me to do anything without a deadline. (laughs) So this is good motivation.
0: Yeah, I feel like we came up with this like about four or five months ago. So even this podcast has become something else to just become part of our to-do list. Yeah. And so I kind of plan on this being more than just the books that we have on our shelves. Because yes, we do have a lot of them. Yes, we have too many. Also, we have both bought books since deciding to start this podcast so definitely not helping on that front or maybe it's helping the podcast you want to think about it that way we're helping its longevity but i also wanted to like kind of cover anything else that's just been on our to-do list not just like these like i don't know self-help style like get things done but also just books movies uh board games that have been sitting on our shelves
1: cookbooks that we've bought and never used but want to use (laughs) that's not my problem that's your problem
0: uh yeah anything and everything that we have and have not touched oh man probably the biggest that i see is my steam sale games the ones i bought for two or three bucks and have not touched but they looked fun at the time and they were cheap they're very cheap i definitely haven't spent hundreds of dollars (laughs) on those games <laughs> also a very personal flavor of tsundoku for me is probably the fact that i am i quit things way too easily it's very easy for me to start something and drop off of it thinking i'll go back to it later and then just not yeah same. Uh, probably the biz- biggest example of this for me is playing the arkham asylum games the second one arkham city I remember I was playing through pretty solidly for a couple straight days, um, a few hours here and there. And then at one point, I just sort of stopped. And I stopped right outside, oh, I can't remember. It's like a movie theater or something like that. And I remembered a cutscene with the Joker, uh, who's been, like, kind of teased throughout. And, um, I, I, I failed the boss battle once and I was just, it was probably late at night and I quit. And I didn't come back to that for about a year and a half. <laughs> and I did. And when I came back, I beat that boss battle on the first try. And it turns out that that was the end of the game.
1: Uh, I've done the same thing with, and I don't even remember which one at this point, but a Final Fantasy game. And I literally never went back to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anything and everything from books that have been seeing on our shelves, books that we haven't finished, games, movies, all that we can think of. That is what this show is. So, this first episode, I am going to be talking about the book, the comic book series Unfollow. It's a Vertigo title. Came out with the relaunch of Vertigo about two or so years ago, uh, 2015, so three years ago. It's created by Rob Williams and Michael Dowling. Rob Williams is the writer, Michael Dowling is the artist, but there's a lot of work that goes into a comic book. And I think that for something like this, it's not enough just to talk about the writer and the artist, but also Quentin Winter, who is the colorist, Glenn Robbins, the letterer, and Matt Taylor, who is the cover artist, who I think probably does some of the best work, like one of the main reasons to like get the comic books. I started reading this when it first came out and... I This is one of those things where I didn't finish it. I bought the first issue, the single issue for this, and it just did not grab me. I kind of felt like the art was really cool. There's like really weird stuff going on just in the very first issue. Um, there's a man in a golden mask. This... This comic is, like, it's fiction, but it's, like, realistic for the most part. But the very first issue did not do enough to grab me, and so I didn't touch it for a while. And then our local library had the collected edition for the first, like, six or so issues, and I read through that, and I really liked it, so I decided to go back and buy up all the singles, and I managed to get them all just as the series was ending. Unfollow is a kind of... I don't know what what genre you would put it in. It's kind of like a thriller thought experiment thing. A guy by the name of Larry Farrell, um, who's like kind of an amalgamation of Jack from Twitter or uh, Mark Zuckerberg, maybe even Jeff Bezos, I don't really know, uh, is this multi-billionaire... Um, creator of these off-brand social media platforms like Chirper and Headspace, (laughs) and he is dying of cancer, so I guess throw in Steve Jobs in there as well, and he decides to create this game where 140 characters, which I guess is kind of defunct with the 280 for Twitter now, but 140 characters...
1: 280 now? Yes, it is. Okay, I clearly never use it.
0: (laughs) Um, 140 people throughout the world are randomly selected to be his heirs, and they will all get an equal amount of his money when he dies. However, the twist is that when they are all gathered, they are also informed that if anyone dies, that money will return to the estate and then be equally distributed to everyone else. So the more people that die, the more money each person gets. And it kind of feels like this is the setup to, like, a Hunger Games style. Everyone's been brought to an island and is going to duke it out.
1: As soon as you said thought experiment, I was like, so this is The Purge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. And I think that's the thing. Like, the beginning of the series, the very first issue is kind of lackluster in that part because it mostly just introduces the characters. This is a thing that happens a lot with comic books is that I I, I tend to read a lot of single-issue stuff. I only really buy collected editions or uh, the things that my uncle knowingly calls graphic novels while winking at me I tend to buy the single issues because I kind of like reading that um, month to month I like seeing the storytelling that can happen within a single issue rather than just long form but this first issue kind of mostly just introducing the characters it introduces Larry Farrell or Farrell I'm not sure um, a man named Dave Rubenstein, who wears a golden mask almost all the time, and it's never explained. Um, a kid from St. Louis, who is named Dave. I say kid, I think he's probably like 18 or 20-something. A rich heiress named Courtney, who's like popping pills and doing skydives. And this uh, Iranian woman named uh, Raven or Ravon. Uh, who is a documentary filmmaker, and finally a, a man who lives in the backwoods of Alaska named Deacon, who lives with an arsenal and uh, speaks to God. And that's all that the first issue is, and that's kind of why I never followed up on it, because even though the art was really great, I even liked the writing to an extent that it was going on, but that first issue didn't really give anything to me other than the premise that you could read you could have found online, unlike any preview sites or something like that. I felt like it just didn't grab me, and that's why going back to it with the library, being able to read the first couple of issues, really made me want to go back and read the rest of them.
1: So, are you totally caught up now?
0: Yeah, because the the series ended sometime in twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah, it's about eighteen. It's eighteen issues long. Um, I feel like it was kind of cut short because a lot of the things that were going on in it, some of the things feel undone um, or unfinished. There are a couple of characters. So the, the main team, as far as I can tell, is Rob Williams writing and uh, Michael Dowling doing the art. Every once in a while, there are um, flashback issues going into like some sort of background on individual characters. You get background on Deacon and uh courtney and um akira this kind of insane or like full of him it's hard to tell if he's insane or full of himself or both japanese writer author who um his backstories that he was at a protest of the japanese government and chopped his legs off with a, a katana so kind of intense But there are certain characters that don't get that background information that I feel like could have really used it, like Raven or Ravon, um, the documentary filmmaker, because she really seems to have this stuff that, like, isn't really explained. She's about to commit suicide when she finds out she's one of the heirs of the 140, and so stops. She frequently makes these mentions of, like, how she hides behind her camera that don't fully make sense because she's always in on the action. She's just looking through her camera and she even gets wounded and eventually killed by the end of the series. But some of the things she says hint at stuff that happened in her past that we don't get a super clear idea of. I feel like I, I've kind of been bad-mouthing it a little bit. <laughs> but I actually really like the series. That's why I kept reading it. Like like I said, the covers are insanely good. Like, There's these cool colors and everything like that the
1: contrast in this one is awesome the number two
0: yeah like uh, we can probably put a picture of that up with the episode but the art is just super cool the colors really pop and that's one of the reasons i got the first issue so like the things i really liked is that there are some really like sincerely surprising twists that come up throughout the book like for the very first thing the fact that i'm expecting this to be this hunger Games style thing where everyone just starts murdering each other with loot around the island just does not happen all the most of the people are very normal people it's just that the main characters we follow are different in some way dave is um probably the closest thing to a main character he's a black kid from st louis like i said and he is probably is pl- probably the closest thing to a stand-in for the audience because he's like normal and then when he finds all this money he starts blowing it but then like kind of gets caught up in the bigger scheme of things
1: so you're saying he was already blowing it so did the creator already die so they already have this money or how does
0: the creator dies when they end up on while they're on the island
1: oh okay all right in my head then I'm like, well what if somebody just blows it and then there's no more money to like go back to the mm-hmm. pot or whatever. You right. know
0: what I mean? But. Uh no, like there's I mean they all start out with like several hundred million dollars. Oh, okay. so
1: so uh fairly impossible to spend on
0: basically. I, I know we're going into spoiler territory, but I still don't feel I don't feel like talking about all of them. But there's just a lot of expectations that are a little bit played with and I kind of appreciate some of the ways that like goes against these expectations of if you kill someone, you'll get more money because most of the people don't want to kill anybody else. They just want to, they're rich enough. One of the things I kind of felt with this is that a lot of the characters are crazy in some way, like certifiably insane. And they're they're all like kind of, control what they all are insane for different reasons so like larry farrell is kind of insane because he's like obsessed with money and control is
1: that gold mask man
0: no this that's rubenstein okay larry farrell is the billionaire oh okay giving all this money away he very much like it's obvious that like he calls this like his grand vision. so clearly like he he wants to see this happen in a way that like is entertaining because spoiler like it turns out he's not dead he just was pretending to die of cancer um what a great guy yep um he, his wacky David Rubenstein, who, who again, his motive, he, he's also someone who could have really used the background story because it's never really explained what he's doing or why. It's hinted that it's because of money, but then at another point, he very clearly doesn't care about the money that he could get from this. Um, it seems to me that David Rubenstein really is crazy because he's wearing a mask. He is crazy because he wants to be part of something bigger. He very much like, believes in farrell's vision he very much like believes in a part of that and i feel like the mask is what part of those like something bigger that he's a part of because different characters will like comment on whether or not he's behind the mask or if he is like part of the mask the mask also changes shape sometimes in the middle of conversation there's a lot of kind of like magical realism going on mm-hmm. The the mask appears to change shape i actually like looked through some of the frames and so like Credit to uh, Matt Dowling, but I honestly can't tell if the mask does change shape or if he does a really good job with playing, like, with this... Lighting. Lighting or, like, this 3D, like, how the mask would change shape. Like, when it's leaning forward, it looks like it's mm. frowning. And, like, when it leans back, it looks like it's scared. And so it's not super clear to me if the mask is actually changing. But it, like, I, like, believe it. Because the first time, I fully believe, like, oh, yeah, the mask, like physically changed but Mm -hmm. the second time going through i wasn't so sure um there's also these here's what something that's never explained and i'm actually kind of okay that it's never (laughs) explained wild animals frequently show up and talk to the characters and they are obviously just in their mind but they're physically seeing them like dave before he gets any money before he gets anything he's robbing like a, a like an an eye store or something like that and he sees this like black leopard outside of the store and it stares at him and then it starts talking to him and telling him he has to be like a predator (laughs) and then it just disappears and throughout it like there's this character who is just a serial killer straight up a serial killer doesn't ever talk doesn't ever give any explanation for what he's doing but he's just killing other people for fun and when Dave sees him on the island he turns into a panther again and the the serial killer uh, turns into a panther and Dave like passes out and no like when he sees him he's like that's the guy who's gonna kill me like that is what he sees. Um,
1: So definitely some magical realism stuff going on. and
0: like I said, that's not really explained, but it kind of, it's pretty clearly allegorical when it, throughout, like there's a Russian who's like big and angry and he turns into a bear at some point. And so... It's just, to me, it was just a really interesting, like, thing that you could only really do in comics or film where it's visual because it's not commented on. Most of the time, people don't say, like, Dave is probably the only one who says, like, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to a leopard. But most of the time, people just see it and they, like, react as if it were going on. But it's kind of like this bigger if it was still the person their reaction would make sense but like turning them into a bear or a leopard or something like that kind of like enhances in a way i really Mm -hmm. liked that also like comes to play at the very end where they have found out that feral is alive and they are going to essentially kill him
1: i would yeah (laughs) i would want to
0: yeah he they so they go they like they're in helicopters they get shot down a few of them get picked off like uh, Ravon and Deacon, um, and it turns out that when they crash, uh, Farrell turns off the internet. Like he literally, like he, he has like
1: like a like a big old he does, switch. Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> um, that one was kind of out of left field. That wasn't necessarily a twist. I was like, mm, okay, it's interesting.
1: I'm just imagining. I'm like. <laughs> Pull the lever, Kronk! <laughs>
0: <laughs> to knock the internet. <laughs> but, yeah, like at one point, oh my gosh, like one of the ladies says, The domain names, they're, they're deleting. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: that's so ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's a little weird. But overall, I did like it. But he turns <laughs> off the internet, and when he turns off the internet, Deacon stops hearing God. Which was a very oh like, my gosh, like not super touched on, especially since Deacon is like a good guy. He looks like a crazy
1: oh, that's not what I would yeah.
0: He looks like a crazy fundamentalist, like backwoods Montana dude, but he is a good guy. Like he is just crazy and has a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. And then so they they catch up to Farrell, and it's just Dave and Courtney, and they are like lovers now. And they're, like, basically the last people left, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, everyone else has died. And so it's just them two and the serial killer somewhere out there. Okay. When they find him, they're out in the jungle. And Farrell has, like, these armed guards who he tells to stand down. He's like, okay, I see that you've found me. and And he's, like, very much playing the Ozymandias, like, I'm in control. I still know what's going on i'm I'm above all of this Mm. he has been killing the remainder of the 140 this past like whole issue and so he tells them that they're like the last ones and he says you stand to gain so many billion dollars if you just kill and like it's he's about to say like if you just kill him and dave just shoots him (laughs) and (laughs) like (laughs) i really loved that because it was this idea Uh, that Farrell, who like really only understands things in terms of like control and using money to like over other people, doesn't understand like actually being angry at someone else. Right. His flashback issue, like he murdered his fiance and um, deleted the all drafts of this author's book because um, his wife, his fiance, cheated on him with it. But that was it. Like, he, like he didn't seem to have any real emotion about it beyond like someone did something that i didn't want them to mm. so like i did all this stuff to them he doesn't really understand actually caring about people mm. also so they shoot him he doesn't die immediately but he's crawling away from them and then a uh a panther i think a venezuelan panther like crawls out of the jungle and like all the characters are, like wait I think this is a real panther and then it just eats him (laughs) and it's really good is
1: that how it ends yeah
0: oh that's great there's like a little like uh denouement stuff going on like after that with some more twists that are not so good in my opinion but they are so important that like that's one of the reasons they're not good that uh let other people read that if they want to figure that out (laughs)
1: So you would recommend it?
0: I would recommend it. I really liked it. I, I felt like the ending, besides like the really cathartic, literally eating the rich moment, um, the ending was a little lackluster. There, uh, there definitely feel like points where I know the relaunch of Vertigo had some issues with sales and things like that. Um, and I'm assuming Unfollow wasn't like hugely popular because it definitely feels like it's shorter than it needs to be it feels there's like a time jump in there at one point Um there, like where it jumps up like six uh, months or something like that. There's um characters that don't get their flashback issues that I feel like could really could have used it. But overall, I think that it still does a lot of what it set out to do. It kind of reminds me of why the last man, if anyone likes that, I feel like it's pretty good. Not it's not similar in the same way where it's like, it's not like Brian K Vaughn's literary uh, references and things like that, that you're getting alongside all these like people talking out the thought experiment. Um, But it is pretty interesting in how it's portrayed. Also like, is there magic going on? Maybe it's not super clear stuff like that. I feel like I've talked, like I've talked a lot about the writing. The art is really, really great. Some of the background, the, the uh, flashback issues, are a little weird like i i didn't fully <laughs> appreciate the art in some of those um
1: how is it different
0: uh it's a different artist each time for okay. those flashback issues um i don't know it just it just felt very different i feel like the art style is kind of this realistic gritty um art style that's really cool like the like like i don't know how to explain it but the art is it's like the wine art is all very realistic and then the colors while realistic are are kind of flattened in a way that kind of like makes this really cool style okay. I like um so I think that really works well together um the covers are super cool like I said one part I like and I feel like so this is a gripe I don't feel like unfollow is a great title for this <laughs> series because the like there's no unfollow I mean I guess I like, feel
1: like it's just. Like kind of a flat pun having yeah. to do with social media. I f-
0: honestly, I feel like a better one name would have been like 140 characters or something like that. Mm-hmm. The 140 probably wouldn't work because that what there's like a TV show like the 1400 or something like that. I can't remember. I don't
1: know.
0: Okay, <laughs> um but like so, it's called Unfollow, and each issue looks like it's on a tablet or on a phone. On the bottom right... Oh,
1: I totally missed that somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, And on the bottom right is the 140 app, because that's how all the people were notified that they had it. And they get this 140 app, and then whenever someone dies, the number on the app ticks down. Okay. And so the issues as you're reading it when people die, the next issue will have the updated count. And so like at one point... um, a plane crashes into a compound of people that have like made it and so it's not you, you're never told how many people are in that compound but
1: you know how many died because of the next issue and that they're they're all ticked off
0: yep that's really cool uh, like I, I i really think it was super cool uh, it had some stuff where it kind of felt short but overall i really liked it
1: this looks awesome i'm glad you decided to talk about it
0: yeah And I think that's going to be it. Thank you so much for listening to Sundoku book club. Uh, I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy as we fill this out and figure out how it's all going to work. Huge, huge, huge thanks to Velt punch for agreeing to let us use their music on the intro and outro. Like I'm a huge fan. I really love their music in general. And I feel like the lyrics, especially like just super work for this. I was not expecting them at all to agree to this. So that's just
1: very cool of them.
0: I love it. Thank you very much. With that, uh, we will be back next time with Emily talking about, what are you going to be reading?
1: I am going to read a book of short stories called A Thousand Years of Good Prayers by Yi Yun Lee. All right. That was pretty good.
0: Cool. Well, shh. We'll find out next episode. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Bye-bye.